So in the morning we had a session on the Gita and then on the Divine Mother and now very naturally we are going on to the Yoga of Sri Aurobindo which is so vast and infinite that <clears throat> it is not only difficult but sometimes dangerous to speak about the yoga of Mother and Shurabindo because it moves along many lines, advances along many paths in many ways. There is not one process. There are many and it also moves when there is no process. In one of the letters of Shurabindo he writes there is no method in this yoga except to take the mother's name and mine. What a wonderful simplicity of yoga. <clears throat> but I was very happy to hear Dina talk. First, I could catch up a little bit on the Mahadev episodes and <laughs> it was good to see one more fan. And it's so lovely to hear about the rising Shakti, about the Divine Mother's work going on, so many of our children. And especially the, uh, the perceptiveness uh, with which she has differentiated between how the inner truth of harmony and unity of Mahalakshmi uh, manifests in the most superficial form uh, through the money power. I think yesterday we were just talking about that. And also how things that happen on the subtle planes, they affect earth and vice versa. That is how the Vedas put it. That uh, human life is a sacrifice and in the Vedas, there is a sacrifice that man makes to the gods and in return, gods fulfill him. So there was a two-way up and down. So what happens on earth that um, has an influence in the other worlds and what happens in the other worlds has an influence upon earth because I think yesterday or day before yesterday Narad had read out from Savitri all that transpires on earth and all beyond are part of an illimitable plan a whole single movement <clears throat> so we see this human quest for truth, for light, for God, for freedom, for immortality, for terrestrial perfection. Since the age of the Vedas and even before that, someone I think um, was referring to the pre-Abrahamic tradition. There is also a pre-Vedic tradition and the mother speaks about it. Only thing is the Vedas have documented it with such details and such... Um, uh, many-sidedness and uh, despite all the um, all the mixtures that have come later on even some slokas have got lost bodily still they have preserved something of that truth of uh, of aspiration and this is our common inheritance when we speak about human unity which is one of the subjects that came up the way for human unity is to go back to our common inheritance Physically, we all inherit the same earth, the same environment, the same atmosphere. 
and inwardly we all inherit the same aspiration, essentially the same aspiration. And all these distinctions of religion and traditions, they have all come in between and they will go away as man advances because they were only meant as scaffoldings for our purposes. The Gita appears not only in the moment of um, individual crisis of Arjuna, as we, we were referring to in the morning, but also at a time of collective crisis of humanity. It was an age when the Kshatriya clan especially was full of the arrogance and um, they, they believed that you know they are so strong, powerful, they rule the earth and uh, they could just do anything. It was that kind of an age. At the same time, the Brahmins, who were supposed to be the givers of light, had lost the truth of the Vedas and the Upanishads. And they, had, they were engaging only in the external rituals, Karmkan, Vedavad, as the Gita puts it. So, as we were referring to the story of Sati and Shiva in the morning, the Sati had disappeared, the spirit had disappeared, and only the form was remaining. Now when Sati disappears and only the form remains, that means the spirit or the truth has disappeared and only an external form remains, then God himself descends to destroy it. And that is why we see in Gita, in the grand cosmic vision of the Godhead, we see this side is put forward in the front. There is of course the other side. Sri refers to that in Essays on the Gita and always in the heart of Krishna is the destroyer as he appears, Kala. There is the Vishnu form and it's embedded but hidden inside. That's why when Arjuna says too much for me to behold, when he says behold, Pashyami, look, behold my form. And when he sees he is shaken to bits, Arjuna the great warrior who sends shivers down the spine of great, great uh, warriors. And he is shaken and he says that I am shivering with fear. I can't behold this form. It's amazing that he who gives Ananda is inducing fear. And the secret lies in this. <clears throat> there is a very nice phrase in the Upanishads that he who gives Abhaya, his vision gives Bhaya in the heart of everything that is small, everything that is stuck in a narrow group. And at that point of time, Arjuna is totally as if closed in that groove where he is worried about family, clan, this, that, and that's a form which is tremendous, powerful. On one side, he is full of beatific visions, full of um, um, the, the garlands which are full of fragrance, everything. But what is put in front is Kalosmi Bhava Lok Shaykrat Pravaddo. He asks, Who are you? He says, I am Time the Destroyer. Why have I come here on the battlefield? I have come to destroy these peoples. Lokashay, the worlds. This is something very interesting. They are, they are two in one. Gauri and Kali, the names itself are so beautiful. They are both one, when Gauri steps behind, puts forward Kali, the Divine Mother takes this form of ruthless destruction. 
because only by destruction can the new creation come that line in savitri he felt in destruction creations hasty pace and hell as a shortcut to heaven's gate so humanity needs to pass through that time to time time to time series of crises so if we see gita appearing at a time of collective crisis so krishna through arjuna was revealing a profound not just a truth for one person it is a gospel of synthesis all the material that was available at that time all the truths the truths of sankhya yoga vedanta shri krishna synthesizes it and he presents it to humanity through the agency of arjuna and that's why gita is a great synthesis of all this whole line of evolution vedantic line of evolution but as shirbindo says in one of his letters veda and vedanta are one side of the truth tantra is the other side and the other side complements this one and veda and vedanta are incomplete without the tantra without the aspect of the divine mother this is the very first thing which is new and unique in shirbindo's yoga of course once again we see shirbindo appearing at the another kind of crisis i think we spoke about it on the first day so i'll not go into details but if you look a 100 years back all the forces whether it be darwinian way of understanding evolution whether it be freudian way of understanding human psychology where he looks at human psychology as something uh, human beings as something which is an extension of the dark realms of nether worlds all that is sublime and beautiful is nothing but a gloss over of the grotesque this is that you know in one sense that whole freudian psychology can be summarized at and where world is seen only as matter at that age shurbindo appears once again we see 100 years back the entire truth of veda vedanta tantra disintegrated into forms and institutions which have lost the spirit the truth and they are uh, in such grotesque forms they have emerged that he has to once again on one side destroy the form liberate the truth inside and give it in a new form to us so this is one side of shurbindo's work which we see in the arya where he once again gives to mankind the truth in the vedas the truth of essays on the gita the truth of the upanishads restores them to their original glory not uh, the way they were understood during you know 100 years back totally and even now something of that continues to con- you know prolong itself the old world continues to exist where once again we have all these swami ji's and pandits explaining the vedas as pure karmakanda as pure rituals as externalities and therefore but this is gone this is not going to continue this is not going to last for long human consciousness will advance and reject it it is just impossible that the advancing human consciousness for long will suffer god to remain confined in a temple or a church or a mosque it's just impossible because any person who is even a little conscious and thinking leave aside spiritual and all these are big words will find it ridiculous that you know god is confined to that space and outside i can just you know life can be or he can 
he is happy simply with these externalities he needs to know the deeper meaning purpose sense the truths behind these so shubindu comes and liberates that and because he wrote so extensively on the vedas the gita and all these um, great scriptures the upanishads so many people began to believe that what shubindu's yoga is is uh, basically nothing the same thing like the yoga of the gita or the veda or the vedanta this is a great error there are letters of shubindu clarifying this it draws from the vedanta but also from the tantra the method of vedanta to the aim of the tantra and the and he says the element of tantra plays a very very strong part in shubindu's yoga the entire gamut of awakening of the chakras is a tantric process vedanta doesn't speak about it in the vedas those things are hinted but in shubindu's yoga it's very much there it's part of the whole yoga where all these centers open and open in full bloom and it's described in such a beautiful way in savitri how uh, when they are touched by the descending current of course in traditional tantra or kundalini it is an ascending current but in shubindu's yoga it's a descending current and people experience it they experience this force this grace descending and sometimes their head begins to throb the eyes begin to throb this chakra begins to throb the heart heartbeat all kinds of uh, things can happen and it can go right up to the feet and below so this is a very very new element which is not found even in the tantras because tantras like the vedas also proceed step by step so vedas go through all the gods and one god will take you to the other it's like a relay then the second god will take you to the third third to the fourth and eventually the human consciousness will go towards immortality and the mother says it's not required anymore that period is over that's why she called it the age of the over mind goddess and they played a good role great role no doubt about it and still it can be very inspiring to see how they have worked and on the other side in tantra we again see through various forms of mandalas and uh, uh, symbols and mantras one goddess another goddess they are being appeased one after another and these gods and goddesses who are interwoven in the texture of the universe and eventually they go to the highest form of the goddess starting from the very lower uh, goddess who is hidden inside darkness dhumavati and taking to tripur sundari the whole 10 mahavidya of the tantra where one after another that sadhaka ascends and eventually he is face to face with the all beautiful this was a path now with shirbindo one lot of new material which had come to the human consciousness because of a new kind of experience in the last 5000 years or 4000 years depending on how we place the um, uh, the year of mahabharata has come into the human consciousness he has to integrate that lot of material discoveries have come that has to be also integrated and lot of new things have emerged for instance extreme degree of individualization i find it very interesting why shubindu um, speaks so much about the psychic being which is hinted in the upanishads and in the gita but not brought out to its fullness and one reason is that the psychic being the psychic consciousness which is present in everyone but it has to develop through years births and births after births before it can develop into a psychic being so um, one way to look at it is that 5000 years means even if i take 
100 years of lifespan as the Upanishad puts it. Uh, 5000 divided by 100. Uh, see my mathematical mind playing with the incalculable. But nevertheless, 50 births. Some souls that have gone through 50 births, to say the least, even taking give and take 5 years in between. This psychic consciousness, that which was like a monkey in the age of Rama, became like a soldier in the age of Krishna and is now a developed psychic being because it has drawn from that experience. And there are many such psychic beings who are formed, who are waiting, who are ready for something new. They are standing at the critical door of making a choice whether we quit creation in, through a doorway of escape which has been advocated I mean, even eventually the Tantra, traditional Tantra, even Gita would end with that state of liberation. Though it, liberation in that original sense did not mean cutting away the cycle of birth and death. That is a modern misunderstanding. But ultimate aim was liberation. Freedom from lower nature. Even in Tantra, though the path of Shakti and therefore enjoyment of Shakti as one goes from one level to another... But eventually the aim is that she would liberate you into Shivatva, into that ultimate mystery. But now, many souls have reached a point where they have to make this crucial choice. Liberation is fine. Is there something else that is possible? How about this earth? The human consciousness has become wide. Lot of, uh, I mean, we are talking of globalization now. Shurabindo in 19, um, 1920s. When somebody asks him, what are the signs that the supermind, the earth is ready for the supermind? One of the signs he gave is, knowledge is burst beyond its seams. And it's entered into territories which are occult. And um, it is one sign that the human consciousness is getting ready. It, it became, it has become wide. You can't cabin it into small and narrow cults, sects, religions, formulas, formulations. And if one tries to do it, it will be cast aside. So this is another thing which has happened that the human consciousness has become wider and therefore we see in today's youth a cry which says I need more space. Very natural because actually their consciousness has become wider whether we like it or not. They can very well integrate pizza with bhirpuri which you know so tough for some of us. Uh, I mean last 14 years I have been travelling all across the world but still I can't get rid of my basic preference for the Indian food, whatever else I may get and I eat with samata. But for today's children, it's absolutely fine. I mean, I see Kian enjoying Indian food and I see a lot of Indian kids enjoying, you know, food anywhere. It's a very small sign that at the physical level, it's happening spontaneously because human consciousness are been enriched by another 5000 years of experience. So Sri had this additional task that he has to integrate and that we find in his writings. He integrated the entire materialism and the materialistic approach which came subsequently and Gita speaks about it, hints that I am in essence in everything. But in what way? So the Jnana Vigyan Yoga is extended beyond the limits to include all these things. Even in atom there burns that fire, the Jadagni. So Grahapati of the Vedas is now shown that even in atom the Grahapati is there. He is the one who builds the forms. It's known. It's the same truth but applied at a very wide level. Then the other part as I said bringing together the Vedanta and the Tantra. Not only that for the first time we see in the history of avatars 
that the mother aspect is placed in the forefront. All other avatars, the mother aspect is behind. Sita walks behind Rama. It is Rama who has to rescue her. And mind you, even though she is all powerful, she is so powerful that she tells Hanuman, I am so happy with you, you be immortal. And Hanuman becomes immortal. Now she is not an ordinary woman. It's a misconception that she is, Sita is a doormat and you know, poor Sita. Sita is not poor at all. Sita is capable of stopping Ravana by a blade of grass. When Ravana wants to uh, touch her, she says, dare not come near me. She says, what do you mean? I dare not come near you. I have abducted you, kidnapped you. I am putting in like a dream dialogue. Not exactly how it happened. But Sita would say, oh, that was by my own choice. Shakti has come into the Durga, into the fortress of darkness and ignorance. Why? So that this citadel may be destroyed. Look how interesting it is. Shakti goes into the depth of the darkness. And because she has gone there, it is doomed to be destroyed for a new creation. And she has the power to pick up a blade of grass and say, Stop Ravana, dare not come near me. And yet Sita is waiting for Rama to come and shoot arrows and all this war and all this destruction. She is the one sitting quietly under the Ashoka tree. And the whole war is waging and raging outside. Armies are falling. Rakshasara are getting destroyed. By whose power? By the power of Sita. We see the same thing in the siege of Troy. Shubindu brings out so interestingly, beautifully. In the book of parting, the other day we were reading, <coughs> Helen, Helen tells uh, Paris that it was wonderful when I met Menelaus and it was wonderful when I crossed his, the, his house. It was wonderful when the keel of the ship took me with Paris here. And it's, it's natural and right that empires be destroyed. Kali aspect comes out. We see the same thing in Mahabharata. That the Divine Mother on one side, she is Radha, Anandamaya, but she is never in the forefront. Yet Krishna dances to her tune. The world dances at the tune of Krishna, but Krishna dances to the tune of Radha. It's beautifully captured in one of the famous uh, works, um, um, Geet Govindam. Somebody has read it. Has anyone read Geet Govindam? Jayadev. Amazing. Some of the images are amazing. Krishna is literally coming and falling at Radha's feet. Saying, pardon me. And Radha is chastising him. Where did you vanish? Where did you disappear? And he's saying, I am sorry. I beg your pardon. Amazing work. It's full of rasa of the divine. And it has a great... Uh, tantric element in it. It's actually a work of Tantra, Vaishnava Tantra and if one has the insight one sees it. If one doesn't have the insight one will say, oh my god, this is such a romantic literature. <laughs> one, one may totally misunderstand it. But I would strongly recommend those who really want to understand this play of Shakti and um, Shiva but in another way one should read Geet Govindam and it's sheer delight, Jayadevs. It would be available, I'm sure, Somewhere online, it's also available in the in a music form. But Radha is behind. Nobody sees Radha. Nobody knows whether Radha existed or not. 
बट ऑल्सो वी सी बिकॉज द एज डिमांडेड द एडवेंट ऑफ काली सो द्रौपदी इज काली एंड इमेजिन द्रौपदी इज शोन अगेन एज हेल्पलेस सी इज स्टेइंग बिहाइंड एंड आर्मीज आर वेजिंग वॉर अगेन क्षत्रियाज आर बींग डिस्ट्रॉयड एंड हु इज बिहाइंड ऑल दिस द्रौपदी it's very beautifully captured in one of the stories in mahabharata where you know dhritarashtra is mulling how can we stop this war is there a way he says yes there are three ways you can stop this war how how because he foresees that my children are going to die so he says kill bhima cut drop these hair and tie krishna so bhima may be killed there are you know warriors who can kill bhima maybe they can plead draupadi how to tie krishna <laughs> krishna says i too can be tied by the cord of love but draupadi has taken it upon herself that no this entire thing must be draupadi was the incarnation of kali very few people know and i am so happy it's not only mahadev i would strongly recommend those who are interested in mythology please watch the mahabharata and this aspect of uh, kali in draupadi was shown very well while kali is being uh, while draupadi is being disrobed on one side again very helpless but that's the moment of apocalypse when the kali steps out and she says whoever comes near me will be burned to ashes right now don't come near me it's some, something very amazing and powerful but again we see she is behind in life of buddha all the avatars there is beautiful uh, stories of buddha where at every time the eternal feminine comes and guides him the path he is lost he has practiced all kinds of practices you know buddhism traditional buddhism buddhism doesn't acknowledge just like uh, as you said christianity and yet every time uh, first buddha goes away and then you know buddha has tried everything he is not able to get how to really what should i do he's trying but that ultimate reality is still eluding him and then comes this lady and gives him uh, something to eat and tells him you know what what is your problem so buddha says what's my problem i have come to solve the problem of uh, people but what's my problem he says i i'll tell you what you are stretching and she gives a metaphor if you stretch the string of the boat too hard it will snap if you keep it too loose and lax it you can't shoot an arrow with it and buddha gets the illumination that's how the middle path is born look i mean it was of course the divine mother she would not say that i am the divine mother in in the traditional stories it is shown as one devi came and you know gave him food to eat and then you know he asked uh, how do i because he is fighting with nature and nature has to show the way is trying to conquer nature and nature has to show the way then she gives another hint or rather she inspires buddha and buddha says okay if this is the right way then when i put this uh, this uh, uh, you know bowl in in river may it flow upstream this is very symbolic thing and as the story goes it begins to flow upstream again we find in the life of raman maharshi very interestingly how the divine feminine comes it's i'm little bit going in a different track from shobindra yoga but it's part of it 
the role of the divine mother so some disciple recounted to shirbindo this well known story well known i mean raman maharishi goes here and then you know he gets restless he sees lot of people are surrounding him so he wants to go into isolation every time he wants to go into isolation then once he is trying to cross arunachal and go you know somewhere else completely cut off from everybody and he sees an old lady sitting there and she says mother please move out of my way i have to go and she tells him why are you so restless all the time why don't you sit at one place and do the sadhana he says where should i go go to arunachal when this was asked to shubindo was it the divine mother shubindo says yes it was indeed the divine mother who came to show him the path his error his mistake in christianity we talk about the mother of seven sorrows what are those seven sorrows shubindo speaks of it in savitri hints at it the mother of seven sorrows bore and when you read those seven sorrows it's amazing christ from birth you know the the birth of soul into an ignorant humanity into an ignorant nature and then his death his crucifixion all these wandering away how she is bearing all these shocks all these difficulties and supporting christ from behind again not acknowledged so it was enough so at some point the time has come for the divine mother to step into the forefront why because now is the time for a new creation and the new creation cannot come without the divine mother sometimes i land up in very difficult situations normally when i go to bow down i bow down to mother and for me mother and shirbindo are one so it's the same thing so once somebody stumped me with a very difficult question or a very interesting question he says doctor sab sab theek hai everything is fine but i see that every time you you know you go up to the dais you bow down before mother why don't you also bow down before shiva bindu ji so i don't know what to say i said well mother and shiva bindu are one and that's how shiva bindu has put it and uh, shiva bindu himself has said that when you turn to the mother only you get all my force or to put it he says mother is sure in those force but when you turn only to him you get only 25% so because that is the language people understand 25% 100% this they understand <laughs> then i also added i have a very subtle bias or like all children towards mothers because after all mother is mother so and that's where we have that famous episode in mahadeva i was reminded of that episode when you were talking about ardhanarishwar which uh, that vision is shown to shringirishi and he he says uh, why should i bow down to mother i am shiva is complete and then you know he tries everything and he takes the form of a um, beetle and goes around and then parvati says okay fine enough is enough <laughs> you don't appreciate nature so i take away withdraw nature from you and he is a disembodied being without the help of nature we cannot go beyond nature this is an interesting secret shirbindo talks in one of the uh, early writings of um, nolida 
ही स्पीक्स अबाउट शिवरबिंदोज योगा इज नेचर ओन योगा शिवबिंदो रिवील्स दिस नेचर इज नॉट एन एनिमी दिस कंसेप्ट वॉज नॉट ओनली सी इट्स वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग वॉट ए पैरल एज यू सेड इनर लाइफ एंड आउटर लाइफ आउटर लाइफ पीपल स्टार्टेड डिसरिस्पेक्टिंग नेचर एवरीवेयर इन इंडिया माई गॉड टू द एक्सटेंट यू नो दिस अगलीनेस लव फॉर ब्यूटी एज गॉन अवे एंड द मदर सेड इट वॉज वन ऑफ द वेपन्स ऑफ द असुरा इट वॉज एन असुरिक कॉन्शियसनेस दैट यू नो वन शुड लव ब्यूटी now on inner inner life what happened in the inner plane people began to think that nature is my enemy and they must fight with it so the entire yoga took this path and amazingly in one of the hindi movies quite some time back again please watch it if you have not watched it but what is the name <laughs> chitralekha chitralekha but no this about about a sanyasi and uh, there is a very beautiful song in it sansar se bhage phirte ho bhagwan ko tum kya paoge it's it's uh, chitra likha right yeah it's based on a very famous novel of course and in that movie there are two lines of advance that two people take one line through karma through the path of being in life engaged with life and action and the other of sanyasa but what kind of sanyasa where one thinks that nature has to be crushed crushed out of existence suppressed denied and then this lady is so touched by this sanyasi and says wow you know she follows him actually it's a story of nature and the soul and she is very much enamored but in a nice way because she turns to him that oh he is such a spiritual man and suddenly when he comes in contact with this woman who is beautiful all film actresses are supposed to look like that and he falls for her in a different way because all his life he has suppressed the physical vital and suddenly when he sees face to face and as the story goes she says my god you are not the person whom i uh, really i didn't love you this way i loved your soul the beauty of your soul and then of course he is overtaken by all kinds of feelings and story it is beautifully it's it's a very old movie but uh, pradeep kumar and meena kumari but if you get a chance please watch, watch it ashok it's kumar ashok sanyasi. kumar yes is the sanyasi it's a lovely movie one may not like it te- technically because nowadays you know technology has gone very far but in terms of conveying an idea it's very powerful so there was an idea if we look 1000 years back not only the feminine was kept behind she was barred even from entering the sanctum sanctorum so much you know she was to be shut inside the home she was not supposed to you know enter the sanctum sanctorum she was someone inferior she was regarded as a snare and a pitfall that's how the medieval ascetic saw her she is a snare on the path a pitfall or worse still pleasure how crude notions can be and shubhendra has a lovely aphorism to that he says the medieval ascetics thought that women were were created as a snare and for the pitfall of men and then he adds with this touch of ironical humor one would think better both of god and of women i mean god creating women 
to ensnare men how rubbish and this is the idea which went and that's why we see the monasteries even i have a very strange experience i must share and this this happens in uh, the heartland of hinduism india where there is a whole cult where women are not supposed to come near the head swami ji and i won't name everybody knows i'm sure and i had once an occasion to sit on the platform and share with one of the swami ji's brahmagyani and uh, this organization lot of money by the way and they have done some good job also in terms of some very nice uh, exhibits that's a different part of the story so the moment the swami ji was to come suddenly there was a hustle bustle and all the women had to go behind and sit on the chairs behind so i asked oh, what's this happening no 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 women are not supposed to sit in front because swami ji drishti should not fall on them he should not see he is not supposed to see a woman i i said what do you mean i was absolutely shocked i had never known before that that such a thing exists anywhere in india i said is it is it yes is this is the way so at that time so you see in the talk the half portion in front was lit where men were seated and the other half was in dark that's how the lighting arrangement was there was a women i was looking at the expression of the women that how are they taking all this nonsense they should get up and walk away i couldn't resist when my turn came to speak and i had no choice but to say we speak about brahma gyan and we have left out the shakti of the brahman <laughs> i mean i was actually very furious but peace 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 <laughs> that's how but it was really you feel inspired so this whole approach and now here we see shurabindo for the first time and this is the most crucial element without understanding this just not possible to get at the central element of shurabindo's yoga he places not only the shakti in the front gives her the entire charge of the new creation it's not that okay she is also there and i am also there you are the one who will conduct and we see this shurbindo doing repeatedly first when he comes and speaks of the indian freedom movement what was shurbindo's method look at how uh, how wonderfully the lord worked what was his way not just organizing meetings committees and seminars he simply wanted to awaken the shakti of india and he speaks about it that bande matram he turned it into a mantra it was a mantra already but he revitalized it by adding the force of his own spiritual consciousness this is the mantra india the mother india the shakti of millions reestablishing india as the mother first act and he knew once indians regard her as the mother the rest will be done when shobindo was asked how will the unity come about in india there is so much of problems diversity and he gives a very interesting solution when indians will regard india as the mother in the consciousness of the mother they must unite not superficially and this thought has to go very strongly and uh, among the many things that we hope from the modi ji's government <laughs> i do hope that bande matram will once again come up as a song or not just a national song it is but also the national mantra it will be revitalized once again uh, possibly sung in the parliament and a song which 
must sink into the heart and soul of India. It's already there. So this is the first thing he does. It's the national yoga. He speaks of it as the national yoga. With the Shakti. Then next, in the ashram context, devotees, disciples and many, many activities, all of them have to be organized along the lines of the new consciousness. Once again, he steps behind to work on cosmic levels and places the Shakti in front. So we see very interestingly, if you read 1914 to 1920, Shirobindu's writings, it's very easy and that's what happens to many who want to only look at one aspect. They will say, oh, it is the same thing like Vedanta. Please, it's not. It is only between 1914 to 1920 before the mother has come fully and major works belong to that period. Shobindu refers to her but as Shakti. He speaks in the synthesis of Shakti, faith in Shakti, but not explicitly because he's still waiting. In fact, he says in one of his letters, all my work was waiting for the mother's coming. All my realizations would have remained personal if the mother would not have come. They are waiting for the mother. So after 1920, when we see, you know, very often when we don't read these writings in context, they can be so much misleading. One reads the life divine and says the mother is no, nowhere there and Shurabindu has spoken about the triple transformation and I heard people give talks on Shurabindu, proper Shurabindonians and they cut out the mother. Strange. This, there is no yoga of Shurabindu without the mother. There is nothing like and Shurabindu said that very explicitly. What does he mean that he is following my path? When he cannot turn to the mother. There were people who were asked to leave the ashram because they could not accept the mother. And there is a famous instance of, you know, let me not take the name, J. At one point, Shurabindu tells him, you can, if you cannot accept the mother, it is better for you to leave. Because you cannot do this yoga. She is the forefront. And again when people said, okay, I accept the mother, but you know, mother is inner and inward. This mother, okay, this is just a little embodiment, but the real mother is inside. See, Ramakrishna's yoga is so much leans on the mother. How she puts the transforming touch. We, we talk about, you know, this yoga a little later. Um, Vivekananda, before he, you know, he has that shivatu in him. So he is like a yogi and tapasvi and you know, mighty towering. When you read Vivekananda's writings, you feel, ah, it is Mount Everest standing before you. And if he wants, he can smash the whole world into pieces. That's the kind of impression you get. Isn't it? The kind of strength and power. Leonine. This Swami Vivekananda, it's a lovely book, uh, the Master as I saw him by Sister Nivedita, which describes some of his last years. The same Swami Vivekananda, when he goes to Shir Bhavani, it's a place uh, of the Divine Mother in Kashmir. When he comes, Sister Nivedita says his mood had completely changed. <laughs> See, since he described what was his mood, he became like a child. He started seeing everything as mother and he would even 
start singing mother oh terrible mother come to me and you know that's when within 2 years because he started invoking mother in her most terrible form and he had a breakdown and he left the body but after that he never went out all this vanished from him because he knew it is she who is doing everything that realization dawned on him so repeatedly we see in shurbindo after 1920 a new note which is added to shurbindo's writings and that note is the mother one of the first books that came out was that wonderful mantrik book which dina was holding in her hands which is a series of letters actually it's not a book because people has started asking who is the mother what is her role and shubindo writes you know do not judge her because the mother has many sides many are her moods many are vibhutis who do her work in the world even the ishwara is formed by her my god <laughs> even the ishwara if he has to play with the creation and take birth it is she who will prepare for him this new note gets added post 1926 whenever disciples would ask what is to be done shubindo would not take him through the whole process of synthesis ascent of the sacrifice and you know uh, a kind of inner bhakti and he would simply say open to the mother remain open to the mother the mother is the beginning the mother is the path the mother is the end surrender to the mother this is the whole essence of the yoga i mean there are such amazing letters as if nothing needs to be done if one can do that and you ask the mother mother what what should we do okay he has referred us to you now what do you, you want us to do mother would give tell us be simple <laughs> remain quiet keep yourself always open towards me do your work as well as you can this is all oh, and be happy this is another one five pointed program panch sutri karyakram what is that which she wants us to do be simple remain quiet not too much bug bug stay happy remain happy do your work as well as you can do it well but to the best of your ability and most important keep yourself always open towards me this is all that is demanded of you why because she is the mother she knows us the divine masculine or the <laughs> eternal father like all fathers oh let him go out let him face life he'll grow tough it's okay when you have a problem i'm there he carries papa's credit card and goes into the world <laughs> but on the side mother gives him extra money and tells him don't worry i'll take care of you you know it's amazing that's why because no power can rescue creation out of its ignorance and inertia what tapasya can we as human beings do we read things we hear things we wonderfully read many books on this yoga that yoga go to so many swamijis everybody gives us some way to do yoga honestly how many do it and how many realize it just look around in the whole schools of religions sects cults i have been to many ashrams and i'm sure everybody has been how many realized persons 
at the end of the day because it's so difficult to do with tapasya. Everything in human nature is as if so difficult, so difficult because the whole path has been twisted into that. You have to fight nature, struggle nature. Everybody is sitting on nature. But there is another way to deal with nature. Nature herself will collaborate if we know that trick. And what she wants, after all, why doesn't nature allow the soul to escape? You know, this is a question. Why is it doing all this drama? Because he says, no, no, please, I am also there with, we both will go together. You know, very often, people who get married, and then they say, she is my obstacle, and poor lady has to bear it. She cannot say, you are my obstacle actually. You go alone to ashram, you don't take me. And then you expect me to know everything about yoga. So I almost uh, very often tell people, don't say such things. You bring her also. No, no, she doesn't understand. What do you mean she doesn't understand? She understands much better. (laughs) There is a very well-known story of a, a couple who came along with their child to put in the ashram school and the husband was all taken up by yoga and you know, life divine and all that like typical intellectual yes this is the place but he was doubtful about his wife because she was not much read she used to only pray to Ambaji divine mother he doesn't know much so when he would say read life divine he says, no no it's okay I don't feel like reading anyways I don't understand he would say what uh, stupid woman I have married she can't even share life divine with me and all these thoughts but then Something happened down the year that this man who had taken the resolve to stay, some ego bristled with people around and he said, no, we are going. So she, he came and told the wife, pack your bags, we are leaving. He said, why? No, no, this has happened. She said, but I am not leaving. So what do you mean you are not leaving? If I am leaving, you are leaving. He said, no. And he doesn't know what to do. Asked the mother, he said, of course he should stay here. You go if you want to go. Now what this lady did was something very smart. <laughs> she did not read all this life divine. <laughs> but when she went to, in the queue to the divine mother, you know, Darshan used to be there. She had read all about Amba. She, she had love for and bhakti for Ambaji, which is a form of the divine mother. One of the names of the divine mother. And she used to do her mantra. That's all her life was. So she stands in the queue and suddenly this thought comes to her. They say she is divine mother. Let me see if she is really the divine mother. So she starts calling Ambaji. And suddenly the mother stops all her work and looks at her. She says, oh my God. you know. Then she goes a few more steps and maybe that was chance. <laughs> again she calls and again the mother stops the work and looks at her. Three times she does it. Then when she stands face to face with the mother, mother smiles and says, you want to know who I am? <laughs> she is totally taken aback. Now there is no doubt left. <laughs> then she says, if I reveal myself to you, you will faint. She is convinced. That's all she needed. Nothing else. She was clear that I am at the right place. Life divine or no life divine. <laughs> Dara used to write these doggerels. So one of the doggerels was, Life divine, the mother's wine. It is out, let us shout. 
so interesting, no? See, life divine. You want to read it, understand it, one way. The other is, what? What is life divine at the end of the day? The mother's wine. By her, all her sweetness and grace, the entire life divine can enter into us. It's not a joke, it's a reality. Everything can blossom just by her touch. Today, just now we read that she will free the godlike elements in you. We were reading in the Gita or referring to Devasuri Sampada. She will free. She is capable of freeing all these godlike elements. So nature wants to come with us. That's why in Sri Yoga this new unique element is added. Not only liberation of the soul but liberation of nature. You can't leave it. You can't say it is a challa, it is a maya, it is, um, it is uh, something which is dark and, and it's an entanglement, ensnare and I leave her and go. No, you have to carry her. She is the bride of Brahman. It is the sacred duty of each one of us to take her back to her original glory. She is none else but the Divine Mother who has worn this lesser form. That's why in the morning this is another distinction to be made because very often when people say Mother, so the Divine Mother is Prakriti. So why don't we live by nature? See how subtle the distinction can be. Shubindu says, yes, the Divine Mother is everything. But you have to make a distinction for practical purposes between this inferior nature, lower nature and the higher nature. The Gita speaks about it, Paraprakriti, which in the morning we refer to. Now what is this lower nature? It is nothing else but a shadow of the higher nature. All the activities at the human level, whether activities of the head or the activities of the heart or the activities of the will, including activities even of the lowest aspects of nature. This is what Tantra recognized that even what is lowest and dark carries within it the seed of a divine possibility. And Shubhinda also refers to that. Even so much that the body which has been formed by material nature, even that is a shadow and a symbol of something higher. Mother speaks of it that when she goes into her uh, journey, she discovers uh, what this human consciousness is. And that's why she has created human beings first time standing erect. They can look up to the sky, something amazing. The whole form of human beings is created by material nature for the sake of embodiment of the divine. How can we discard it? How can we reject it? But the line between blind acceptance or indulgence in lower nature, being moved by her and between working to transform her is very thin. Again we see the razor edge path. Every activity of human nature has to be connected to the Divine Mother so that her touch can transform. She has the original plan. Human love offered to the Divine Mother, she will change into Divine love. Human reason offer it to the Divine Mother, she will transform it to Divine reason. Human imagination offer it to the Divine Mother, she will transform it into the power of formative Maya which is what originally it is. Human judgments offer it to the Divine Mother, she will transform it into the Divine Vision which sees things. Human action, choices, right, wrong, whole gamut, offer it to the Divine Mother and the faculty, the Goddess, Dakshina will awaken in us, inspiring us for the right action at the right moment. 
human will offer it to the divine mother and she will change it into something of that will that breath which drives the cosmos so this is the path where not only we strive to liberate the soul from ignorance but also our nature that's why this yoga even though there is the vedantic element proceeds in a different way when people were asked okay fine you have the vedantic part so let's first realize the vedantic truth of the self and unfortunately one can misquote these letters and then say okay after i have realized the self then i will engage with the process of transformation shubhendra says no why because that process is different you you have to deny nature at many levels and if you come back on nature after that you just cannot function because nature and the self there is such a incompatibility so you to go together and that makes this yoga so fascinating so engaging so complex so many sided because nature is many sided bahu rupini that's how the shruti says many forms many aspects and not only inner nature human nature even material nature there was a very interesting message of the mother in 1958 oh mother material nature thou hast consented to collaborate and there is no limits to the splendor and joy of thy collaboration so mother was asked what does it mean material nature has agreed to collaborate she so beautifully describes what does material nature do apart from many other things she builds forms now you see how interesting this yoga tends to become she builds forms including human form now these forms are built on an old pattern it's like a hardware which is only up to a certain limit it can take certain windows can run on it certain cannot because it's up to a limit that's why by the form we get limited by the very fact that we enter into the human form we take a lot of animality simply because that's how the human the human form has evolved out of that so when mother nature will collaborate material nature what she will do each coming form she will put something of the new consciousness integrate with it she has accepted the new material that's how she when the mother puts it she has accepted the new consciousness and is now ready to um to add it to her creation which means now every form that is going to come on earth every child that is going to come we have to lovely children here i mean all of us are children but to youngest of the young now every form something of the new consciousness they are bringing you can't help it look how wonderfully god's plan is so we are worried about what may happen what may happen he is changing the very hardware the new hardware is bound to go for the new software it will ask for it it won't accept the old stuff so we don't have to worry we have to just wait for the new children to come and invade this earth morning we had narad read those lines i saw the omnipotence flaming pioneers come crowding down the amber stairs of birth out of the path of the morning star they came into the little room of mortal life and how beautifully it ends and look at that line 
profiting because that time material nature had not consented to collaborate. Body is made beautiful by the spirit's light. In the old creation, the peak of spirituality was the image of the saint, sage, seer, made grotesque by the television serials. Every seer has to have a beard, I don't know why. Whether they were, you know, no barbers or no razors, God knows why. They didn't have time to shave. Absorbed in meditation. They have to wear dhoti, God knows why. Okay, dhoti is a wonderful dress, you know, for that matter. You can wear it in 70 ways. It's the most magnificent dress. I mean, I love it. Though, you know, maintaining it is difficult. But that apart. I mean, you can wear jeans and be a seer and sage. <laughs> and even then, seer and sage and saint is not the peak of spiritual realization. It was so for the old world. That's why we see all this seer, sage, the Babaji's posing, showing off. Their nature is showing up under the stress of new creation. Because olden times it was alright. When you live in a monastery you are not tempted. But if you feign that now you know we are great masters and then you have to travel in aircraft all the way to America. <laughs> That's when the sign of the real Baba comes out and very few, I mean Vivekananda is an extraordinary example and of course Yoganandji and couple of others. But for most the ordinary humanity shows up. So the children are rejecting them and very naturally, you know, Babaji's now come home and, you know, parents want uh, children to come, Babaji, I I don't care. I mean, I remember when, and the Babaji who came home was a really lovely person. He was involved when I was born and gave me a nice tabij, really a Siddha Purush. When he came home and, you know, I was asked to touch feet, I, I am not going to touch feet just like that. Anybody's feet, just because, you know, he's wearing a dress and having jatas. You know, miles long, almost up to that board. His jatas used to move and he would... So, I mean, today's children are going to reject. That's dated, expired. What is going to come? What is the aim of the Shurabindu's yoga? He says, the aim of this yoga is not to become a yogi, tapasvi, or transformation is not about sainthood. So people just started wondering, what, what are you trying to create? And look at the lines in Savitri, he says, communicant and prophet and lover and king. It's a totally new aim that he has placed before us. Old aims were wonderful. This not to say that they have done a wonderful job. In the saint and the sage, the sacred traditions were preserved. Mankind could look up to a possibility that is embedded inside. But what we are going to have now is something much, much greater. Body is made beautiful by the spirit's light. Their tread one day shall change the suffering earth and justify the light on nature's face. Any quick questions? Yes, please. Coming in my mind was how, 
Yes. Good question. Uh, I hinted by through an act of offering. Uh, but before that, yeah, time out. That's right. Uh, let me, we'll take this question maybe in the evening. But let me tell you, uh, let me just touch upon one thing, which uh, not about this question. We'll take it up at length because really a, um, a beautiful question and needs uh, not a summary dealing, um, but going into great detail. We'll talk about it. But more importantly, um, one more thing. Shorbindo placed the mother in front and the whole yoga changed into remain psychically open to the mother. This became the mantra of the yoga. Shorbindo did one more thing with the divine Shakti. Look how, uh, what a nut I am that, you know, repeatedly he was entering through so many ways, but I was just not able to see it. And thanks to your question, <laughs> it came. Then when Shorbindo was withdrawing behind the physical scene, he knew that yes, I have placed the Divine Mother in front, but not all are ready to tread the sunlit path. Many will say, oh, this is another cult, another religion. Worship the Divine Mother. Form, why should we do it? So, the same consciousness, the same truth, the same Shakti, He placed before humanity in the form of Savitri. Of course, there is no comparison to Divine Mothers, those souls which can directly turn to her and tread the sunlit path. It's a special boon and privilege and blessing. But it's a fact that not all are ready. That surrender is too much for the human consciousness, for the average human consciousness. So in the form of Savitri, again the feminine, the same divine energy in the forefront of the human quest and mother put her own energy into it. Shobindo wrote it and he, he says, she says, all my experiences, I would experience at night and morning he would write it. <laughs> but what is amazing is that not only her experiences, everything, the Divine Mother by reciting Savitri, by speaking about Savitri, she blessed it even further, charged it it's like, you know, that it is already mantric. But the beauty of Savitri is it has both Shirobindo and the mother's consciousness intertwined into one. The mother read out many, I think, most of the, many portions of Savitri, especially book 11, how beautifully. And she says, those just by reading Savitri, it can take you to the highest realizations of yoga to the transformation which has been foreseen without the help of a living guide. This is her blessing on Savitri. So, this is the uh, 